0: boy, it's hot outside. So hot outside, it's time to record episode number 70 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. Let's get ready to sweat. Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoy, aka the Divorce Resource Guy, a former divorce attorney turned divorce coach talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now your host, Jason Lavoy. Welcome. It's episode number 70. That's a nice round number. You know, when I first started this podcast, I really, if you would have asked me if I ever thought we were going to get to episode number 70, I would have said you're crazy. But look, here we are episode number 70 and I couldn't be happier. I love doing this and I will keep doing it as long as you like listening. So today is going to be a solo episode. I haven't done one of these in a while. Um, I keep telling myself, and I probably told you guys in earlier episodes, I'm going to do more solo episodes, um, not because I like hearing myself speak, actually quite the opposite. I love having guests on uh, to shed light and different perspectives on all areas of divorce, but sometimes it's um, important to kind of just talk to you guys one-on-one so you can hear from me um, and get some of my thoughts on different topics, and I, I miss doing that. It's just... Sometimes I get I get caught up in the guests and it's great and I don't want to uh, you know I just want to get them out to you as soon as I get get them. But here we are today. I thought would be a perfect time to do a solo episode, so that's what I'm doing. And today's episode, I, you know, I will be totally honest. You know, from the title, it's kind of a, a little bit of a Debbie Downer. Although I'll try not to make it that way uh, too much. But I always say to my clients and anybody going through a divorce, a contested divorce is like a roller coaster, right? Um, Strap yourself in because you're going to have your shares of ups and downs. Um, So don't get too high when things go well. Don't get too low when things don't go so well because you are bound to have both and at some point through the process. And I just experienced that with one of my private coaching clients. By the way, if you do need help uh, for your divorce, and I'll mention this more at the end, Check out my uh, divorce coaching services. I offer one-on-one and group coaching services. But one of my clients um, was waiting a long, long, long time for the court to rule on an order. Um, and I will just give you some broad-based, you know, details to paint the picture for you. Um, she was divorced for years already, uh, but her ex had never lived up and done what he was supposed to do under the a marital settlement agreement. Okay, he was supposed to pay her certain money coming from uh, from doing certain things, and he just never did it, purposely never did it, and thought he's going to try to get away with it. And unfortunately, to this day, he has gotten away with it. So um, I found this client, and I said, "You got to," you know, she was ready to give up, and I could understand, you know, it had to deal with um, different issues that you know weren't some of it had to deal with a property that was abroad, uh, and, you know, it got a little messy. But I said, you know, it's totally up to you. It's always up to the client, but you shouldn't give up because it's not right, right? You agreed, uh, and you bargained for certain things when you got divorced, and he has not lived up to his obligations. You know, you should keep the, you know, keep the foot to the pedal. I forget what the phrase is, but you know what I mean. The pedal to the metal, uh, keep his feet to the fire, you know, because... He really should live up to what he promised he would do. Anyway, we're talking years, and she filed multiple motions uh, to try to enforce this marital settlement agreement. Um, And each time the judge, and it had been the same judge up till now, um, who heard and ruled on all these motions trying to enforce the agreement, each time the judge would rule in her favor and say, yes, basically, he is not doing what he's supposed to be doing, And try to do what she could within the bounds of the law to get my client to uh, be able to get what she rightly deserves um, under the agreement. Which, when it all comes down to it, we're talking about money here, right? She was owed a certain sum of money, um, but not just money that you could pull from a bank account. It had to do uh, and come from different sources. I'm not going to get into the details of it for confidentiality reasons, but that was the deal. And so the judge... You know, slowly but surely, uh, kept ruling in her favor, which is a good sign. The bad sign was that no matter what she would do, she still wasn't getting the result, which was the money that she was entitled to. So I hadn't heard for hadn't heard from her in a while, uh, and then she popped back in and contacted me to say, you know, this is still going on. What am I supposed to do? And I said, this is this is absolutely insane. You know. In my world, no news is good news um, when I say goodbye to a, a coaching client, and I'm thinking everything was good, uh, and she's moving on with her life, and the drama is gone. But no, it was still going on, and so she finally reached back out looking for help. So I said, well, there's really only one thing that I see that you could do. You got to keep fighting uh, and keep pressing the court to you know, hold them in contempt uh, enforce the settlement agreement, you can't let him go because that's what he wants. And he is waiting for you to just give up. And she was really considering considering, just giving up and, and letting it all go. But she thought about it, um, and you never make important decisions when you're emotional. So she sat with it for a little bit, and then it came to the realization that she did not want to give up, and she wanted to continue to pursue it. So I said, you got to file another motion. Um, you know, and really ask the court to, you know, do something, do something drastic, uh, to get you the, what you are deserved under the agreement. So I helped her, um, go through the process. Uh, you know, I helped her construct and put together the motion and, uh, coached her on what type of relief to ask for. And and she really asked for drastic stuff, you know, um, one of the things being holding this guy in contempt of court, which is not a good thing. Um, if you don't know what that is, that means you know the court says you did not do what you're supposed to do, and now the court can sanction you, sanction you, and punish you. Okay, and there's various ways the court could do that, but first they have to hold you in contempt. So that was just one of the things that she asked the court to do in this motion. So that was back. I mean more than five months ago to show you the state of affairs in divorce court. Now um, it took five months for the court to decide this motion and the court did it without even hearing from either side. In other words, usually when there's a contested issue and somebody files a motion, you, you can schedule what's called oral argument. And that's where the parties, after you submit all the papers, the parties go to court before the judge and you know, because of the pandemic, it would either be you know virtually via Zoom, um, because they weren't doing in-person uh, hearings. But in normal times, you would go in person to court before the judge and have what's called oral argument, where the judge asks each side questions that they had based on what each side wrote in the papers before issuing a decision. So in this case, though, the court did not hold the oral argument, and we didn't hear anything for months, which is really unusual. And then all of a sudden, they. Issued this order, and unfortunately, it did not go in my client's favor, right? And it was devastating. You wait all this time, uh, you think you have everything that you need to get the court to act, and then they did not act. And so, what happened? Well, rule number one uh, anytime you go to court, it's never a guarantee. No matter how clear cut you think the situation is, no matter how legally right you are. It is never a guarantee. There are no guarantees uh, when you litigate and you're asking a third person, in this case, a judge, to decide something. So that's rule number one. But she really felt confident. I really felt confident that you know she was going to get some relief here. But what happened was, remember I told you, she had filed multiple motions previously uh, trying to enforce this agreement, and the same judge had heard those prior motions, and the same judge, you know, would read her prior decisions and base the new decision on what happened in the past, right? We call that in lawyer land, precedent, right? What happened before controls what happens in the future to a degree, but that's what was going on. Um, And you would have some consistency there because you had the same judge hearing it. Well, now all of a sudden, and this is year, more than uh, a year later from when she filed that her last motion with the court, this current one, a different judge heard this motion, right? Judges change all the time. Um, you know, the same judge isn't going to be there, you know, forever. I mean, it happens, but you know, judges change all the time. So that's nothing, that's nothing unique about that, but it was unfortunate in this case because now there was a new judge, a male judge, and the previous judge was a female judge. This new judge, male judge, um, issued what I felt was a very kind of strongly worded order against my client, um, basically saying, you know, too bad, so sad, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Which, again, if you don't have all the details, it's hard for you to fully understand and put that into context. But it was not, let me just say this, it was not what we were expecting to hear from the court, right? We were expecting the court to continue the theme of the previous orders, um, and see the shenanigans that was going on by uh, my client's ex and can, you know, hold his feet to the fire, so to speak, and sanction him, hold him in contempt, yada, yada, yada did not happen at all. Um, it was, everything was worded against my client, which was the first time in, you know, I would say the, uh, 8 years since the divorce was finalized. That's how long it's been. 8 years she's been pursuing all this that anything has gone against her. Right? New judge, all of a sudden new perspective and new order. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today is that sometimes things don't go your way and you have to be prepared for that and you have to deal with it. And it's just the nature of the beast, so to speak. Um, you can't control it. Whenever you leave up, leave something up to a, a third party, in this case it was the judge, to decide, you just don't know, you never know what they're going to do. And you have to be prepared when things don't go their way. So, you know, of course it hits you like a ton of bricks. Uh, and I'm going to speak with her uh, later this week uh, to figure out next steps and, and what she should do. And she has options. Um, and... You always have options, um, so you have to think about what's important to you, right? At some point, do you continue the fight? Uh, do you you file, you know, another motion with the court? Uh, do you try to address the you know so called deficiencies that this current judge saw or felt there was um, before you file the next motion, right? What do you do if anything? before you take your next steps. So, you know, the odds are that if she were to file another motion in the near future, then this same judge, the new male judge, would be hearing this case again. So he ruled one way. He's going to be hearing any further motions in the near future if he's still there. He's obviously not going um, to—it's very unlikely he's going to just forget what uh, he previously decided or— realize or think that what he did was wrong and reverse everything, it doesn't happen. He's going to probably be consistent with how he now feels, whether it's right or wrong. Um, But now that's who you're dealing with. You're dealing with a judge who's looking at this case a certain way, and you have to deal with that. So that's the point of, of this episode is, you know, it's okay to get knocked down when you go through divorce, a contested divorce, and you go through such a long process. And again, this is eight years, right? Eight years since the divorce was finalized. And sometimes you think when you get divorced and you get that judgment of divorce, and that's the best day ever because it's over. And now you can finally move on. Um, But that's not always the case. Sometimes, unfortunately, that's just the beginning. And then you do, then you enter what's called uh, post-divorce, post-litigation issues, which is unfortunately, oftentimes, dealt with via more litigation, which is going through the courts again to enforce uh, a prior agreement if one side doesn't do what they're supposed to do. And unfortunately, that happens more often than I care to admit, but it's just the reality of life. So you have to deal with it. You can either just fold up, give up, uh, and forget it ever happened and not pursue it, or uh, the only way to pursue it, oftentimes legally, is going back to court and trying to convince the court that They did something wrong. They didn't live up to their obligations and to enforce any, you know, whatever prior agreement may have existed. And that's kind of what we were dealing with in this case. Um, And it, like I said, we had this, you know, multiple prior orders all against the ex. Um, And then this is the first order in eight years that went against her. And it's like a shock to the system. So we're in the processing phase. You have to process it, um, evaluate all your options And figure out what's in your best interest as a litigant, right? Is it worth spending more money to uh, file another motion, you know, asking the court to reconsider its decision? Every state has its own procedures for how to do that. In New Jersey, it's called a motion for reconsideration. So uh, my client could file uh, that asking the court, the judge, you know, and it's going to be the same judge who just decided it to reconsider what he just decided. So... Obviously, if you think about it, the, the likelihood of success on that is not very high, because what are the odds the judge who just decided this motion is going to say, oh, you know what, yeah, I did that wrong, and, you know, reverse him or herself. Doesn't often happen. But it's an avenue uh, that you can explore. Uh, or she, you can try to take the steps that, you know, the court addressed uh, in the order uh, and cure those, and then file another motion to enforce. Um There's a lot of different ways to skin a cat. You just have to figure out what's best for you. And in some cases, and I'm not suggesting that in this particular case, my client do this, but in some cases, it may be time just to let it go. Um, Because at some point, now you're just spending more money and more emotional energy and, and your mental health is at stake trying to pursue something and you keep getting knocked down or you have to realize that it's just never going to happen. And it's a risk-benefit, right? It's a risk-benefit analysis. So everybody has to do that for themselves personally. I can't determine what that point is for my client. No attorney can, no coach can, um, no judge can It's a personal decision. But at some point in everybody's journey, you get to that point where you just say it's not worth it anymore, and it's time to move on. So we will see in the near future if that's the case for my client. But bad news, you're going to get it if you're in this game long enough. um, And you just have to learn how to handle it. Just like, remember the roller coaster analogy. Just like when you get good news. Don't get too high. You know, if you get, if the judge says, yes, you are awarded $50,000 because your ex owes it to you and needs to pay it to you within 10 days of the date of the order right? That's a great feeling. You got it. You're one, but you don't actually have the $50,000 yet, right? You have to collect it. So until that $50,000 is in your bank account safely, it's just an order. It's just words on paper. So don't get too high. Don't get too low. That's the theme of this episode. Um, and it wasn't going to be a long one, but I, I felt it was an important topic to discuss it's not something i don't think i've covered yet doing this podcast but it's the reality everybody faces at some point if you're in a contested divorce for a long enough period whether it's in the initial stages of litigation or after the judgment of divorce and you're in post-divorce litigation at some point something's not going to go your way um, or at some point you're just not going to be able to collect on what you are entitled to and you're gonna have to deal with that consequence um, and figure out what is in your best interest moving forward. So, with that being said, I hope you found this episode useful. It was really good to talk to you one-on-one again. I want to, and I promise I will be doing this more often. Let me know what topics you would like to hear about or you would want me to discuss. uh, Jason at jasonlavoy.com, and I promise you, I will do it. I'm always looking for new topics Um, and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't, so you get all new episodes. When they come out, it's free. And again, if you are looking for help with your personal divorce, looking for some coaching, whether in a group format or one-on-one, please reach out. I'm here to help. That's why I do what I do. In the meantime, all I'm going to ask you to do is be strong, act confident, and stay positive. I'm Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. The Divorce Resource Guy, and I'll be seeing you real soon.